Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. Please do take your seats. I will just quickly pray. Sorry. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. We are so grateful, O oh God, to be in your presence. Father, you are so wonderful. We want to raise a hallelujah today. In the middle of our storms and different circumstances, we're going to raise a hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Innocent. I'm married to Petronella. And we've got two children, teenagers, prophecy and promise, lovely kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, the topic of my message today, I don't know whether there's a word called faithometer. Yeah, so we, we've got a word. That's the title of the message, faithometer. Because we're going to talk about a measure of faith. So maybe a measure of faith is called faithometer. I don't know, but that's my title. I've got like some little nice pictures which I'm going to ask my friend to put up there. As I was thinking of for measuring faith, I was trying to imagine what sort of instrument would we use to measure faith? Maybe we could use the scales. And if you're an electrician, maybe you might think of the next picture there. And I liked the third picture that I've got there, which I was thinking of uh, my friend Vesa. <laughs> he, he took me fishing one day. And we had to measure every fish we caught just to make sure it was the right size. <laughs> that might be a good measure of faith. A young guy by the name Will Phelps, he was 10 years old. When he was six, he was diagnosed with Pethys disease, which is a deformity, congenital deformity of hip bones. So by the age of six, he started using calipers and crutches and build-up shoes. When he was 10, he was watching television at home, and he saw Oral Roberts doing a crusade, and he saw people getting healed. And at 10, he just said to mom, mom, I'm going to go to this gentleman. I want him to pray for me, and I will be healed. And promise me one thing. When I'm healed, please, I want you to buy a new pair of shoes for me. Mom cried and just said, oh, dear, yes, I will buy a new pair of shoes for you. And it so happened that oral robots came near where they were. But because the dead used to work a long day, they would get to the meetings late. And they never got a place to be inside. They were watching through the monitors outside. For three days, they were trying to get in every time they came late. And they would be given a room to watch the service from outside. One usher saw this couple and said, oh, we've seen you. You've been coming a few times. I'll give you a better spot to watch or a robots. So they gave them a room which was a bit closer 
but they could still watch on a monitor. They watched, and this young man was, young guy, was getting disappointed. Oral Roberts prayed for people in the auditorium, and when he finished, he was tired, he was going back to his room. He walked past that room where there was a monitor, and he saw this young guy with crutches, big shoes, calipers. And he said, young man, why are you here? The young man didn't even recognize that it was Oral Roberts. He said, I'm here to see or to meet Oral Roberts. And he said, what do you want with this Oral Roberts? He said, I want him to pray for me and my mom is going to buy me a new pair of shoes. And Oral Roberts says, I am Oral Roberts. To cut the long story short, he prayed for him and that young guy was healed. How much faith is enough? Maybe that's the question I've got this morning. How much faith do I need for a breakthrough in my life? We have been going through this series over the past few weeks, and we have learned that all of us at some point of life, we do doubt or we face questions regarding circumstances of our lives. We often ask whether God is hearing us or choosing not to hear us or just ignoring us. And these times, at times, they bring questions to our faith. And at times, it even brings condemnation. We start condemning the church we go to because it's not powerful enough. We start condemning the preachers. They are not powerful enough. We start condemning the pastoral team. They are not fasting enough. And to make matters worse, we start condemning ourselves. And we say, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe I'm not so much a good Christian. So that's the question we have today. What's the measure of faith? How much faith do I need to, do, to make do in this life? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. It also says, Test yourselves. That's a difficult thing. How do I examine myself whether I am in the faith? If I'm in a classroom, the teachers bring a test, and that test can maybe allow me to measure where I am at. But the Bible is saying, test yourself. Luke 17, verse 5 and 6. The apostles or the disciples say to Jesus, increase our faith. And he replied, if you have, a faith, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. The disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. Meaning faith has potential to increase. And the issue they had faced here was quite a difficult one. They had come to Jesus and said, how many times shall I forgive my brother? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. And they said, ah, you need to increase our faith. Please increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you've got the faith as little 
as the mustard seed, you can uproot a tree. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul is exhorting these guys and saying, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. So we think faith can increase. Faith can grow. But maybe, let's come down a bit again. I don't know how much faith I've got. You are talking of increasing faith, growing my faith. But most of us, if somebody was to come and say, we are doing a faithometer, a measure of your faith, how much faith have you got? I would struggle to answer that. Maybe in the area of sickness, I might say I'm about 60, 70%. Area of finance, maybe a bit low. My faith is about 10, 15%. And area of my health, my relationships, well, I'm a bit closer to zero. So we, we struggle to answer, where are we in terms of our faith? Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 23. Jesus brings a very big subject, or he taught on this big subject of faith, from a very little story, a very strange story. The Bible says on verse 22, he answered them and said, sorry, I'm just picking these two verses, but I'll fill you in. He answered and said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes, those things he will say will be done and you will have whatever he says. Jesus going from Bethany to Jerusalem, he saw a fig tree. He went to that fig tree wanting to get some figs, and he got disappointed because there was nothing in that fig tree. I'm not preaching about that fig tree today. The Bible says he started speaking to that fig tree, and the disciples heard him talking to the fig trees. It's amazing that you can talk to things. You can talk to situations. You can talk to your fig tree. You can talk to your bank account. You can talk. You know, he spoke to the tree. Then he went. He just cursed the tree that all you'll be cursed. And they went away to Jerusalem. Where he went to the temple and started cleaning the temple. The next day, 24 hours later, coming back, Peter saw the tree. And that tree was dried up. And he said, Master, that tree you spoke to yesterday, 24 hours ago, look, it's dry. And Jesus said, have faith in God, Peter. If you've got faith and not doubt, you can tell a mountain to move. The translation of that word, have faith in God, they say from the Greek translations, Jesus is saying, have the God kind of faith, Peter. Have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. The God kind of faith walks on water. The God kind of faith heals the people who are sick and crippled and Jesus is saying, have that kind of faith. 
And we're still questioning ourselves. How can I operate in that God kind of faith? That faith that's above situations. Faith that speaks to things and things start happening. Romans 12 verse 3. We're going through. We're going to the exciting part very soon. Romans 12 verse 3. It says here, <coughs> For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think themselves more highly than they ought to or than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one, of, uh, each one a measure of faith. That portion, he was speaking to believers. That wasn't a portion where he was speaking to cheap people out there in the world. He was speaking to people who had believed in Christ. And he's saying, don't think yourself highly than you ought to. God has given to all of us a measure of faith. Meaning you have got a measure of faith in you. When you believed God and you said, Jesus, come into my life. The Bible says faith is the gift that God gave to us. So the moment I accepted Jesus, I am carrying in me a measure of faith. There is faith in me that I can build, that I can activate, that I can increase, that I can grow. But I have the faith in me. Let's look at Jesus. You know, when he was looking at things, at times it's good to look at how Jesus saw this faith. He used qualitative terms to describe faith. He's saying, you have little faith. And at times he's saying, you have great faith. So I started looking at portions where Jesus was talking and describing or measuring in his qualitative terms, faith of different people. And I wanted to analyze their stories and see what can I learn about my own faith from that kind of story. He said to the disciples in Matthew 16 verse 8, they had forgotten to bring bread with them in the boat, and they were complaining to each other. Jesus said, the Bible says, but Jesus being aware of it, aware of their discussion, he said to them, all you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you brought no bread? The second portion that I found Jesus describing the disciples was in Matthew 14, verse 31. That's a common story we know. Peter in the boat. Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter said, Jesus, Master, if it is you, let me come to you. And Jesus said, come. And he started walking on the water. But as he walked, there came some wind, and he looked around, and he started drowning. And he said, Master, help me. And Jesus said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And there's another story of the disciples. When there was a storm in the sea, they were being tossed to and fro, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. They woke him up in panic. Master, we are dying here. Don't you care for us? And he said to them again, Oh, you of little faith. He describes some people as people of great faith. There are two portions in the Bible 
where you find Jesus describing some people as having great faith. The first story you find is in Matthew 15, verse 28. There was a woman who had a daughter who was oppressed with demons. She kept following Jesus. She was a Canaanite woman. And Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. We'll come back to that story. The second story where somebody is described as having great faith is this Roman centurion who had a daughter who was sick. He comes to Jesus and says, please come and heal my daughter. Jesus agrees to go with him. By the way, his house was 20 miles away. As Jesus was preparing to go with him, he said, don't come with me. You don't need to come with me. Just say the word. Just say the word. My daughter will be healed where she is. And Jesus said, when he heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Little faith. Let's come back to those three stories. Jesus said, you of little faith. And the thing that struck me immediately was that the people who were referred to as having little faith were the disciples of Jesus. People who followed Jesus every day. People who knew how Jesus worked. And Jesus describes them as people of little faith. Remember Peter. I often say at times we talk about the doubt of Peter, how he looked at the storm and stuff. He had a measure of faith in him, Peter, just like you and me. When he was in the boat together with the other disciples with measures of faith in them as well, his faith was activated when he saw Jesus walking on the water. Something in him said, that's my Jesus. I can exercise the God kind of faith. I can walk on that water. He had faith when he was in the boat. His faith was activated. Big faith. Great faith. Because he said, I want to walk on the water. And Jesus said to him, come. And he started walking on H2O, on water. Peter is one of the guys with the experience of walking on water. When we get to heaven, you might want to check with him. How it feels like walking on water. He walked on that water. But Jesus said to him, you of little faith. What happened? As he walked on the water. Or on that thing that had a potential to destroy him. He looked around. And looked at the wind. And the storm. Then he started drowning. Because oh my God, what's coming now? And Jesus is saying, you of little faith. When Jesus said to Peter, come onto the water, Jesus never spoke about the wind. He never spoke about the storm. Because storms are always there. Wind is always there in life. He didn't speak about that. All he said, you just come to me. You can walk despite the storms. You can walk despite the wind. You can come to me. And Peter removed his focus on Jesus and looked at the storm. Maybe that's what Jesus is saying to us. 
we become of little faith when we remove our eyes from him and focus on the magnitude of our problems. When we remove our focus on him and focus on the storms, the storms of life are always going to be there. Jesus still says, come on the water. The disciples in the boat, they are being tossed by, by the wind. They forgot that the Jesus who was with them and the faith that he has given them, they had the authority to speak to water, to speak to fig trees, to speak to certain things. They were panicking. Their focus was removed from what was inside them. They looked at the storm and they could think, death, we are dying here. We are dying here. And that's what the devil does. He magnifies all our challenges and our problems. Most of the time, it's not that we don't have faith. Faith is just blocked by our panic and by our minds, which is seeing, and our focus. We are focusing on the storm. The focus was wrong for the disciples. You of little faith. The second time, the disciples forgot bread. They are forgetting that this Jesus fed 5,000 people with only five loaves. But they had one, in Mark it says they had one loaf. In Matthew they say they, did, they forgot to bring bread. Jesus can make bread out of nothing. They are forgetting that they had Jesus and they are discussing, quarreling. Oh, you forgot the bread. Why didn't we bring the bread? Oh, you forgot to buy the bread, the budget. You know, they were discussing those things. And Jesus, aware of that, he says, you of little faith. Why are you doubting? I'm here. Now look at the guys that are called by Jesus, people of great faith. They were number maybe two. The first the first thing is that they were not disciples of Jesus. The Roman centurion was a Gentile, but he comes and believes in this Lord, in this Jesus, and he says, "Jesus, don't walk twenty miles to my house. That's too far away for you. But I know what you've got in you. You can just say the word." And that word is going to be enough for me. Do you know that at times God is just wanting to say a word to you? Just a word. Most times we are looking for things that are massive. Things that are dramatic. And yet at times God is just wanting to bring a word. Just a word. It's all you need in your life. I remember at one time sharing a message when I was back in Zimbabwe. We preached about Isaac. God saying to him, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in Gera. It was a message. We just saying, oh, the other guys had gone. His, his, his father, Abraham, had gone to Egypt. But God was saying to him, don't go down there. A guy was in church just about to make a decision concerning a certain move in his life. And that word became his word. Because he had prayed before he came to church and said, God, I want just a word from you. You know, when you come to church, when I'm speaking, when James is speaking, just have that posture to receive because God is just going to speak to you. Don't wait for those hands to be laid on you. At times it's just the word that you need. It's just the word that you need. You know, when you are anxious, the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything. At times that's all you need. 
You don't need a formula. You don't need all those steps. All you need is just to take the word and say, God, thank you. That's what you said for me. That's my word. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be worried. I've got your word in my life. You're afraid. The Bible says in Psalms 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know when that verse comes, when you're full of fear, faced with fearful situations, you feel big. I normally wake up in the morning, even if I have things that to ponder for, to think about, I try and sleep them through. I always know that when I wake up in the morning, there's something in me that says I'm raising a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. I wake up with a word. And I know with God's word, I just move around. That's the word I've got. I'm working, but I'm just pronouncing that word in my life. I'm just pronouncing the word in my life. So at times, we don't need much, guys. We need the word, the word, the word. Some of us, maybe we are fearful now. If you are worried, the Bible says, cast your, your worries upon the Lord. Let's talk about the woman. I'm just rushing through a bit. The woman, she comes to Jesus. She's not a disciple. She's a Canaanite woman. That's another history. Canaanites and Israelites, they didn't talk. This Canaanite woman comes and she's following behind. Please heal my daughter. She's full of demons. Come and heal my daughter. The disciples of Jesus, they even said, You, Master, please tell her to be quiet. Send her away. Send her away. She's becoming a nuisance, this woman. She's becoming a nuisance. And she continued to follow. She continued to follow. Please come and heal my daughter. And you know what Jesus said? I've not seen great faith like this. You are of great faith, you woman. Why? She persevered in her persistence before the Lord. You know, when you come to the Lord... Have that uh, idea or have that uh, conviction that you will make, make an exception for you. This woman is a Canaanite woman. She knows, okay, maybe they don't like the Canaanites, but uh, you will make exceptions for me. I'm just going to follow him. He's going to make exceptions for me. I don't care if the person next to me didn't get healed, but I believe he's going to make an exception for me. I don't care if somebody didn't get their breakthrough, but I believe that he's going to make a breakthrough for, for me. Persistence, perseverance before God. And the Bible says she was of great faith. Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. At times we quote that verse, but maybe do you think that verse was mentioned because we worry? We do worry. But Jesus is saying, instead of those worries, we can present our petitions, our struggles, our issues before God. The worry is not that it's going to go away. And the times we think of perfect faith. To you, perfect faith is where you don't have worry. Perfect faith is where everything looks tidy. Everything is going smoothly. I've got an announcement maybe this morning that might surprise you. Faith is not perfect. And at times it's very untidy. And at times it's very imperfect. But it's still faith. The encouragement I have, a doctor called Eve, Dr. Evans, John Evans, he says, faith is measured 
by footsteps. He says, keep moving. How you move despite what's in your mind. Despite what's in your mind or what's in your heart or what your mouth is speaking. But keep moving. We spent a few years, myself and my wife, I think we've said that testimony a lot of times here. But we were trying for a child. We were pastoring a church. We didn't stop and sit and say, well, God, what? look, God, what's happening here? Though we said, God, are we ever going to hold a son? But we kept moving. Faith is measured by footsteps. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. I came, we came down here to Australia. When we came here, we had a measure of faith that we had activated. We didn't tell a lot of people, but we had activated some faith in us. We believed God was saying move. We resigned. We took kids off school. Came into Australia. No visa. Just a visitor's visa. Waiting for a work visa, which may take ages. Those of us who are foreigners, they know that. The visitor's visa was three months. We are here. And if it didn't come out, it meant we had to go out. But we had made farewell. Where we came from, we had burnt all the bridges. So we couldn't go there. <laughs> we were waiting, still moving. Two months. Coming close to three months. We're still moving. God, where are you? The mouth is saying, God, where are you? Even my heart is saying, oh, God, where are you? Did we make a blunder? Did we make a mistake? But let me tell you, faith is measured by footsteps. Once you start moving, God comes along you. And he moves with you. Before the three months ended, God just came by and stood and said, Don't worry, you've done a good faith. You have walked Without even knowing security-wise, you came here and God granted us that visa. Faith is measured by footsteps. I'll ask the band to come back here as we want to come to an end. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just want to say to you, you've got enough faith for your situation. You've got a measure of faith in you. It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can look untied. At times, it's just a pause in the middle of your tears. And faith is walking through the day in the middle of your storm. Dark clouds of depression, but still walking. And at times, it's a broken prayer that you don't even know how to pray properly. But God still loves your prayer. It can be very terrified and even uncertain as you walk forward. But my advice and my encouragement to you this morning, keep moving. It's measured by your footsteps. Get hold of that word from God and say, God, that's the word that I'm going to hold on to for my miracle. Get hold of that word for you, for your situation. And some of us, God is saying, you need that perseverance. You need to keep just coming back again. Just keep coming back to God. And some of us, God is saying, you need to believe that God will make an exception for you. It's normal for everyone else, but it's not going to be normal for you. God will make an exception for you. And that's what God is saying to us. Shall we just stand on our feet for a short while? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Can I ask you to close your eyes? I want to just pray and honor some people here as we pray. Glory to Jesus. 
Let's just close our eyes. We are talking about faith. And I've said faith is a gift from God. But maybe you are saying, you have spoken about faith, but my journey, I haven't even started with this God. I haven't met him. I haven't accepted him in my life. I haven't invited him to be Lord of over my life. I want to give you this opportunity to receive this measure of faith, to receive this gift of faith from God. You can become a child of God today and you can walk out through that door irrespective of everything that you are facing, but you are carrying something in you that has got a potential to be activated, to bring even breakthroughs in your life. If you are here, you are saying, please, I just want you to pray for me. I have not given my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus this morning. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.